0: Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the Wondermind podcast is not the only touchpoint of content in the Wondermind world. At Wondermind, we believe in mental fitness or the practice of taking care of your mental health in small but impactful ways, whatever that looks like for you. But making your mental fitness a priority in your day-to-day is easier said than done, right? That's where the Wondermind newsletter comes in. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you'll receive expert advice, candid combos, and exclusive content to shift your mindset delivered straight to your inbox. Go to Wondermind.com to sign up for free today. And now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome to the Business of Feelings. I'm Daniela Pearson, co-founder and co-CEO of Wondermind, the first-of-its-kind mental fitness ecosystem focused on breaking the stigma surrounding mental health. In this weekly podcast, I sit down with those who have risen the ranks of the business world in a range of industries and discuss something that's often not talked about, their feelings. As an entrepreneur myself with a history of mental health struggles, I know firsthand how important it is to have these conversations and let others know that they are not alone. We all have our own mental health journeys, and it's time we talk about them. Tracy Anderson. I am so deeply honored to be able to interview you today. Your journey has been very different from most entrepreneurs. So if you don't mind, for anyone out there that may not have heard of you, and there are probably very few, do you mind just giving a brief introduction on yourself?
2: Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, such an honor to be on your podcast. I have been a female entrepreneur for over 20 years, and I started out not to become an entrepreneur, but to help people and to fill a need that I felt wasn't fulfilled in an industry that I felt like had even 20 years ago lost its way. The fitness industry, wellness industry, I believe that we all have a primal right to move and I didn't feel like growing up in a small town in Indiana, going through a public school system and just trying on all of those experiences for size and realizing that we get taught from a very young age that we don't know how to move in our bodies, which is wrong. Nothing could be farther from the truth. And I think it's responsible for a lot of the misidentified and disconnected feelings that we have in ourselves. And so after I went to school on a dance scholarship and gained 40 pounds at school for dance and being only five feet tall, barely, and then to be told you can't do this and you're wasting your talent because you don't have the body. I realized like, I just sort of wanted to not necessarily rebel against the system. But I think when you are in your early 20s, there is a sense of when you see something's not right. And that's really how it happened for me. And so lucky for me, I was in love with a great pro basketball player, my son's father. And I got access to this incredible doctor who had done a lot of work and research on an athlete's spine and how even then the way that these athletes were being asked to have their bodies treated and what their bodies were being put through also wasn't for the good of their human life long mm-hmm. term. And so I set out to create the largest bank of choreography for people to move with that was based off of a five-year study that I conducted on over 150 women to create a, a roadmap and a journey back to themselves, essentially.
0: How old were you when you started you know, doing this five-year study?
2: I got pregnant when I was 22, and it was when I was pregnant with Sam that I was in Puerto Rico where his dad was rehabbing his back in a basketball league, and that's where I met this doctor and being only 22, I had already been to New York City from a small town in Indiana with talent, and I had felt what it felt like to be shamed out of that program, right? And I wanted to learn, and, and, I, and I, so I started my first study at like 24, Wow, that, that's really empowering.
0: Um, so I started my first business when I was 19, and I feel so grateful because now I just turned 27 and I have almost eight years of experience in the business world. And so I wonder if you feel grateful that you started so young and that you did have you know, Sam so young because it really gave you maybe the maturity level at 24 that you maybe would not have had if you didn't take that path.
2: Yeah, I, I do applaud and I do believe in starting young. I personally believe, again, that our systems stunt our opportunity to live our unique and authentic lives to their fullest whenever we want to. So as a mother, I wouldn't say I'm a very cookie cutter or traditional mom. I mean, my son is 24. He's got two startups right now, one one called GovGlance, which is really taking all of the interpretation out of what the government is doing and going straight from all of what your legislature is doing factually. And then he's also started this very mindful call scheduler called Orbit because he thinks that our relationships right now are in jeopardy. Our human touch points have been pulled apart too much so he's just this extraordinary mind and he has the space to create and that takes time so I don't really believe in the traditional trajectory of things when you have a mission or you have a calling or you have A cause.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that is so impressive. And I wonder where he got that entrepreneurial spirit from. So, speaking about your entrepreneurial spirit, what has happened since you did that five year study? You finished the study. Obviously, a lot happened between then and now, where the Tracy Anderson method is a household name. The biggest stars in the world swear by it. You have built an empire around your method. Can you walk us through what happened in between and also any of the hardships?
2: So I think it's very, very, very important for people that might listen to an introduction like the one you just gave me and think that I just always had it together when in reality, the one thing I had together was my character for my cause, the people that I wanted to serve, and the thing that was the most challenging along the way was the perversion of what other people wanted to do with my talent. Wow. And that has been very difficult and confusing for me to keep the method growing, keep my research growing, keep it protected, when so many people have opinions of what I should be or should do, or I think the biggest thing is you can't change a culture before it's ready. And if you wanna be part of the conversation, you have to learn how to align yourself with the noise if you wanna even be part of the conversation to some extent. And I didn't realize how to do that until I was much older. So in my late 20s, 30s, I got positioned as I'm a celebrity trainer. How do you get Jennifer Lopez's butt in three moves or Gwyneth Paltrow's legs in five moves? I mean, I love both of those women, right? I I love women of huge influence just as much as I love, you know, the woman who hasn't broadcasted her spotlight like that to the world, right? It still should shine as bright as possible, right? But the problem with it, and I think the thing that was always the most difficult for me, is the way that we peddle product or business or create has to change because we create too much stuff that's harming our nature, And we're also harming our mental health by having conversations in this way, right? If I even wanted to have a conversation, I had to be a part of that system to be older and wiser now to realize like this conversation has to change, right? Um, You should never want to look or be like somebody else or do what they are doing because you don't think you're good enough you really need to be moving and working out for your health. You know, the physical balance is a byproduct of that it is essential to your health, right? But the world just wanted to know how to get someone else's butt or thighs or body part. And that wasn't what my study was about, but I was so good at changing whatever anybody wanted to change in their physical body that I was tagged this guru which is a dangerous word or like secret weapon or all these things and again that is to the detriment of society at large instead of what i actually created which was for the health of society at large right if we are moving and working out and moving in a way that isn't a dumbed down version of how we were born to move we are much more powerful you know, and help. And then I had all kinds of people take my steering wheel because I knew how to do this one thing and I didn't know all the other things, right? So I really feel for artists and women in particular that have created things that are powerful or communities that are powerful that get their steering wheel taken from them and they don't even really realize what they're handing over sometimes. And then to bounce back from that in business is very difficult. And I've had to do that more times than I care to admit. So
0: please talk to me about taking away your steering wheel because I think that is such a good analogy. And I can totally relate in terms of having friends that are seen as talent and having people that maybe handle their business in a way that they don't want it to be handled, but they're supposed to be good at this one, I guess, talent. Yeah. and, And they're not supposed to look behind the curtain. So when did you find out that your steering wheel was being taken away from you? Did you know it at the time? And how did you finally take that back?
2: So I knew my steering wheel was being taken from me many times before this one breaking point for me, but I internalized it. And what I did was I just did more of what I do well, because it felt too big for me to take on standing up for myself. And when I created this product Metamorphosis, I was working very, 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 very hard because when I first put out DVDs, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow directed, like, my first big mainstream DVD because she wanted to share this thing that meant a lot to her well-being, right? And she had suffered from postpartum depression after Moses, and this helped her with all of the things. And she wanted to share it, which was beautiful and I'm grateful for. But even when you attach someone with a talent like mine to a mega talent and fame like hers like the two of us only had the purest of intentions for each other, but the things that other people wanted from our relationship or wanted to like, I was easier to access, but then the dream is like, but then I'll get to Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, I mean, so I had a lot of these, these situations that were confusing to my brain, right? And I was working very hard and I was set up on a blind date. And I think when you're overworked, and misunderstood, it can be a little bit of a recipe for disaster when you try and just help yourself feel better. And for me, this was dating someone I wouldn't have typically dated. And it um, turns out that, that it ended up giving me my daughter. I have a big gap between my son and my daughter. I chose to have my daughter, and I knew it was going to be tough but I had no idea it was going to be as difficult as it was. And I didn't speak up for my needs. I didn't have my steering wheel. And instead I tried to just make myself feel better in other ways. And it was a nightmare because when you diminish your light, you open up your opportunities for abuse, right? People can see it. And people that will take advantage of others who have that in them will go full force when you don't have your steering wheel. Right. And it was in that moment when that journey that I chose became so, so difficult that I realized that I had to stop diminishing my feelings and my voice. And so I decided to do a year of psychotherapy at that point, which is why I'm so happy that you talk about therapy Because I think if you're with the right therapist, it can be life-changing. And I did a year of psychotherapy, and it strengthened me in ways that I was uncomfortable being strong before. And it made all the difference. Now I'm my own CEO. I own my own business now. And I did that way too late. I mean, I'm 47 years old. Like, don't wait. Well, first of all, don't you give the keys to your kingdom anywhere else. But, you know, I think it's easy when you've got something for people to say that they know how to make it bigger and better. And, oh, I went to Harvard, and I've got my MBA from Stanford, and I was the CMO or the C-this of, C-suite this of C of this or this or this. Like, you know how to do this really well, but you don't know how to do all these things really well.
0: Mm-hmm. It's almost like gaslighting. And I know this happens in Hollywood all the time, but it's really interesting to hear because you are, you know, part of Hollywood as a huge talent, but also a businesswoman. And so for you to realize that you could have the power, even though you did not go to Harvard or did not go to business school or whatever, because nobody knows your business like you. And even if there are things you need to learn, there's no reason why you should feel like an employee of your brand instead of the boss and the owner. What would you say to anybody who right now feels like they do not have the steering wheel, whether it's them being in an unhealthy relationship, whether it's them feeling like somebody is, you know, taking advantage of them in business? What advice would you give
2: somebody like that? Well, first of all, I do believe that. You have to know the the difference between something that is healthy and something that is not healthy. If you are in an abusive relationship and you know it, you need a community that you can trust and that you can plug into and that can help you from crisis to like comfort. That's why I believe in reaching out to organizations like Safe Horizon or finding organizations that have people that can give you the tools. But then there's also in business, right? There are a lot of opportunistic entitled people in the world that will take from other people and they don't care about it at all, right? My work gets stolen and misused in so many ways. And that can also feel like an abusive thing that's happening, you know? So anyway, I think that you need to get help it's like if you were going down the highway you know and there was a drunk driver next to you you would call somebody for help to get the drunk driver off the road right if you're you have a tire that blows out you know you would use every fiber of your being and strength that you have in you to manage that situation but sometimes you know we don't look at the motion of our lives being put in danger because we're too fearful to face the thing that's unhealthy there. Yeah,
0: I totally agree. And I've had traumatic situations where I was not able to, because of my circumstance, get out of that. And so it's it's really powerful for you to say if you had a friend that was going through this, what would you tell them? And if you would tell them to leave or go seek help or seek community, then you should do that. And so I really appreciate that answer. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite parts of our new launch, which is the Wondermind website. No matter what you're feeling, whether it's happy, sad, angry, anxious, stuck, envious, or lonely, or all of the above, Wondermind.com has something for you. Maybe you're trying to figure out a way to effectively communicate your anger or you wanna squash those negative intrusive thoughts or learn to sit with your sadness. Go to Wondermind.com, an expert-backed site dedicated to all things mental fitness. Here you can filter our content by feels to find advice that's most helpful to you no matter what you're going through. Check out Wondermind.com to access curated content for any and every emotion and lean into what you're feeling. You are somebody who has had, even though you literally look like you are younger than I am, decades of success. And it seems like in the beginning, you felt like that success was steered for you in ways that maybe you didn't believe in. And now it seems like you feel like you have everything under your control and everything that you are doing aligns with your values. So how did you get to that place?
2: So being my own CEO and realizing that I didn't need to go and acquire a fancy education for that I created something that meant something to me. I'm the one that did the study. I'm the one that looked the women in the face and figured out how to do something that can help people at large. That is my responsibility. And so for me to have the steering wheel to my own business now means that I'm going to do it right. And I think that one of the best things that any entrepreneur can understand is that I don't care what any business book says, this notion of emotion doesn't have a place in business or you have to separate emotion from business is the most absurd absence of humanity at, at the basic core of who we are. It all belongs together. And it's, it is a business because I employ a lot of people and I care very much about the financial well-being, their personal success. So I am running a business, right? Right. And what I do is expensive to produce and to put out, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to do it right. Um, Meaning like I just launched a new product called the My Mode. And when it came time to do the materials and the production of it, I put my learning cap on and I went to, uh, you know, the Five Geyers Plastic Institute, I learned and uncovered how the fitness industry is environmentally dirtier than the fashion industry. Right. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. So this is going to be an expensive product, but we're going to make it right. And we're going to align ourselves with with the environment and we're going to do something healthier. Right. So for me, having a steering wheel now, it looks like things like that. Like I'm going to do things that I'm proud of. And what's difficult is every day that I wake up knowing that I took on those standards, right? Yes, it's very hard because
0: when you say, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. And then, you know, personally myself, you know, between all, all of the companies, we have about 100 people, they have families and, you know, we have to make money. We have to be a business. So we can't give things away for free or anything like that. But you also want to do things that align with your values. And there was one thing that you said in a CNBC, like, uh, you know, it was, it was, I think it was about your business. And there was one moment where I think you were launching some sort of nutrition bar in a retailer. But I remember in that moment, and I watched this probably four years ago, and I remember you being so determined that I guess the retailer needed it to be a smaller bar. And you said, I refuse to do that because if I'm going to say that this will be a meal replacement bar, I refuse to have it be this snackable size where I'm essentially asking people to starve themselves. That does not align with my values. And you were so strong on that. And you were willing to even give up this huge, massive opportunity because people trust you. You didn't want to give people a bad product. And so how does it feel hearing that today, knowing that you have all of the power and thinking back to that moment where maybe you felt like you didn't?
2: thank you for all of that and for bringing that up because I did give that up. And it cost me a lot of money to give it up. Like more than you would probably care to think, right? Because at the end of the day, if you don't have your character, look, there's enough people that want to make people look like this or that or whatever. And at the end of the day, like I want to sleep well at night every single night and I can make mistakes everyone makes mistakes, but they're mistakes that I know. So I do think that like having strong character is everything and caring about other people is the most important thing. Genuinely caring about what you bring forward, how you use your power, how you use your influence. There are so many influential people today. Anybody can be anyone now, which is amazing and extraordinary, but Do not mistake when you have people who are following you, who are marinating in your feeds, who are are looking at you. Do not mistake that power. Don't look at other people like they're weak or like they're stupid or like you're going to make so much money off of them. That's evil, right? And, And so that opportunity, I didn't end up seeing it through. I pulled it. And it's because when you go to the inner workings of big box retailers, at the end of the day, they make money off of making you think that there's a safe place for you to shop and that their products are safe and they care about your family and they don't. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, right? I'm investing in regenerative soil in trying to get people who can afford it to buy, clean food and start making food at home and stop this cycle so I pulled it and as a businesswoman it cost me a ton of money by the way also I got yelled at a lot by a lot of powerful people right you do this, do this, like shut up and do that. Or, you know, like you gotta, you, these ingredients have to go, even though they're, they're the ones that you cared about because they cost too much. And to be on the, the shelf here, you have to feed them something that's this cheap, you know?
0: This is all so helpful. And again, you have been such a successful businesswoman. What is something that you are most proud of to encourage other people listening to just be like, you know what, like, I'm so proud of myself for doing this and I'm gonna own it.
2: I am so proud of myself that I have continuously every single week choreographed brand new sequences off of the science and the study. I am proud of myself that I've never not delivered what I promised myself and the people that have been customers of mine. I am proud of myself for that.
0: That's amazing.
2: Well, the last thing I'll ask you
0: is just one piece of advice you would get to anybody listening who is maybe having a
2: rough day. Obviously, it's my business, but every single person has a primal right to move. It doesn't have to be with me. It doesn't have to be with anyone. And one of the things with your partner, who's this extraordinary musician, Selena Gomez, like put on, I mean, there, like her song, like lose you to love me is like, I can't even tell you how many times I like played that song. Right. It's like, just put on music and just move in yourself because when you start to move and you even start to just like straighten your spine or, or let your chest open up, like it, be, it feels vulnerable, but when you don't break, even when you just hold your arms out of the side and you don't break, you can kind of like, or you can like touch yourself and tap yourself, yes, or yeah. whatever it is to change the noise that's circling in your mind when you're in a downer place is really mm-hmm. powerful. And you don't stay there, right? We are fluid beings. We don't stagnate, right? We are energy that's in motion. So I think always telling yourself too in a dark moment, like I am motion, life is motion, which means that this moment is gonna pass, right? Yes.
0: I love that. I love that advice. Tracy, where can our audience find you? What are any new programs or any new launches that you're excited about?
2: Yeah, it's um tracyanderson.com. I'm just Tracy Anderson method on social and and I just launched the my mode which is really truly not greenwashing <laughs> I'm really learning and doing it right and it's basically a biodegradable uh, workout system so yeah I just launched that but I have weekly streaming and I have all kinds of stuff so
0: thank you for your time Tracy and I truly know that there are going to be so many people inspired by The vulnerability and the emotions that you've showcased during this episode. It was an honor.
2: Thank you, Daniela.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Business of Feelings. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope this episode was helpful for you in some way, whether you learned something new, became inspired to prioritize your own mental fitness, or just felt a little less alone about being a human who has feelings in this world, like we all do. Don't forget to subscribe to the Business of Feelings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want access to more mental fitness content, make sure to check out Wondermind.com or sign up for our tri-weekly newsletter. I'll see you next time when we're back with another great guest being open and honest about their feelings as they build their empires. Our theme song is written and produced by John Levine, and the Business of Feelings is produced by Wondermind and Big Din Productions. Thanks for listening.
1: Hold up.